in your own personal conception of God, do you tend to think of God as being far away and lofty and kind of out there? Or do you think of him as being very close and personal? Uh, I don't know how you conceive of God. I'm sure there's a lot of Christians who will watch this video have, who have widely divergent views of who God is and how he relates to his creation. And different religions have different views and conceptions of how God relates to his creation. And yet these two ideas of God being far away and above creation or him being close are called the transcendence and imminence of God. So we're going to look at these attributes of God, which sound contradictory, Mm -hmm. but actually we'll see that both of them are spoken of in scripture as properly applying to God. Yeah. And something we need. Yeah. So Jonathan, help us out with this, with this doctrine. How do we kind of define these terms and where do we see them in scripture? Yeah, we'll do transcendence first. Okay. But uh, yeah, God's transcendence is the doctrine that God is far above creation, like Brandon said, right? He's greater in crea- than creation in every way, and he's independent of creation. He's not dependent on it because he created it. Um, yeah, so when people like talk about God's transcendence, they often say like God is completely other than, right? Yeah. If you hear that language, yeah. other than creation. He's other than... Uh, or he's transcendent in power, right? He control controls and rules everything by his authority, and he's transcendent in morality, right? The Bible says God is uh, holy, 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 right? He's only good. He's not sinful. He's perfect in every way, and that's other than creation, right? Opposite of us, we're sinful, 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 yeah. not holy, holy, holy. And there's really a sense in which any conception that we have of God, any thought we have of God, or any depiction we make of God is going to inherently lower His who God actually yeah. is. And so it's it's a, it, when you think about this, how, how much he is greater than and apart from and other than his creation, it's very humbling. Yeah, we don't give him enough credit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely, crazy. absolutely. So any, any metaphor you use, right, of God or any depiction is going to lessen him yeah and which is it's so that's like okay how do you speak of god rightly yeah well we do the best we can obviously we turn to scripture but we can never depict fully how great and transcendent god is Mm -hmm. yeah that's good so that's transcendence what about imminence yeah imminence is uh the doctrine that says god is near and personal right he's a personal god right the bible speaks of jesus as emmanuel right god with us uh and imminence you know come probably comes from emmanuel uh, Emmanuel immanence. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so if transcendence is the doctrine that states God is independent of creation uh, and rules it by his power and authority, immanence is sort of the, I would say like description of his rule, right? He's not ruling far off, even though he's other than creation, right? He doesn't separate himself from creation. He's actively involved in it. He cares about yeah. it. He loves yeah. it. Um, he's personally involved with creation and his people. Yeah. yeah. And even the Trinity, right? You have God, the father who kind of to us would, would, you know, seem to be transcendent. Yeah. Right. And then God, the son who enters into human flesh, he's with us for a time and now he's with the, the father and then the spirit who dwells within us. So there's different aspects of the Trinity that are going to point to transcendence, transcendent or imminent. Yeah. yeah. Well, how does that exactly, exactly work? And now when you think of modern day Christianity, like, would you say we tend more to like the transcendence or imminence of God? Definitely imminence. Yes. Yeah, okay. definitely I totally imminence. Agree. Yeah. Totally I agree. feel like we don't talk about how incredible God is enough, yeah. you know? 
Um, yeah, definitely eminence. It's, it's like, like when I was growing up, it was like, um, like Jesus is my, my homeboy was yeah, the yeah. thing, right? Which is like super cheesy, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, or, or when I, when I came to the first church I, I ministered at, people would pray like daddy God or, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, Hey no. dad, no. um, which, which, you know, okay. We could talk about like Abba father and what that actually means, but there is a point where you're just way too casual yeah. with God. Yeah, he's uh, not, there's no Catholic reverence, church. right? There's no yeah. reverence for him. And yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. If you're in a Roman Catholic church or Eastern Orthodox church, you're going to go into these, you know, vaulted rooms with beautiful, you know, de- you know, depictions of art and all these things. And there it's much more tending towards the transcendence of yeah. God, but it's often missing that the imminence that, that he's near. Yeah, yeah. He's with you. Yeah. So yeah, definitely an overcorrection in evangelical Christianity. So we want to be really careful to think rightly of who God is mm-hmm. and not just make him a God of our own making. Yeah. Right. Uh, like the old expression that, you know, God made man in his image and man returned the favor. <laughs> like, yeah, we yeah, don't, we don't want to do that. So, okay. So is this a, is this a paradox of uh, like, uh, can these two things actually exist together? Or are they contradictory in scripture? Yeah, I would say the Bible doesn't teach that these two truths are paradoxical. They're not contradictory, right? They You're meant to hold transcendence in one hand, the transcendence of God in one hand, and the doctrine of imminence in the other. It's kind of like, it's similar to so many other attributes of God, right? Like God is in completely control of everything, even our sin, and yet he's not sinful and we're still responsible for sin. Yeah. Right. Both are true. We they don't real choices. Yeah. They don't yeah. contradict. They're both true. They both exist. And it's the same with these two doctrines, right? They're kind of two equal weights on a scale. You're trying to balance out, hold together mm. as one, you know? And I, I don't know any other religion that speaks to God as both transcendent and, and imminent. imminent. No. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, this has been a debate for forever, right? Um, so uh, yeah, Christianity ha- and it has a really interesting way of kind of resolving that tension yeah. that centers around Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And he's actually coming and entering into humanity to bridge that gulf. But sorry, I, I interrupted your, your, no, yeah, that, that's good. That's good. I've even heard people say like, uh, like Jewish people, like people of the Jewish faith be like, Oh God, he created everything, but he wound it up and now he like yeah. lets it go. It's like, it's totally, yeah. He's missing like so the point. Hands off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Anyway, I wanted to share some passages that I think show that these two doctrines go hand in hand. And my favorite one is Psalm one forty seven four. I'll read it. It says, uh, "He, speaking of God, He determines the number of the stars. He gives to the gives to all of them their names." And so what that, it's short, but what that passage is saying is that God is, right, he's so transcendent, he determines the number of the stars. He creates yeah. them, sustains them, and yet he's so imminent and personal that he names each each and every star. Yeah. It's it's incredible. Um, and then the another one, it's a classic one to kind of show the dual reality of transcendence and imminence is Psalm 113. Turn there. Yeah, this is a great one that it shows kind of both side by side. There's a lot of passages like this. Yeah. Yeah, Psalm 113, verses 4 through 9. It says this, The Lord is high above all nations, and His glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, with the princes of His people. He gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, this passage is really showing 
God is completely other than us, right? He's seated on high. It says... He looks far down. Yeah, he looks far down, not from heaven, but he looks far down on the heavens and the earth, which I think is so cool, right? He's above even heaven. He's above earth, everything. And yet, he's so imminent that he raises the poor from the dust. He's so close and near to the poor. Like, he's in the dust, right? He lifts the needy from the ash heap, and he sits them with princes. He takes the barren woman, someone who, you know, in this time was viewed with a lot of shame, someone who was unimportant to society, and yet yeah. he he gives her a home and gives her a life of incredible joy. And he ends with saying, praise the Lord, right? For both God's transcendence and imminence, the writer says, praise the Lord, right? He's worthy of praise. That's right. Which is so cool. Yeah, you see this so often in the Psalms, this, you know, majestic depiction of God that then centers in on some specific act of God. Yeah. You know, I thought of um, Psalm 29 Mm. where the voice of the Lord is thundering and it's powerful and majestic and it's shaking the nations and breaking these, you know, mighty trees. And then he speaks to the interaction of God with a deer, right? Yeah. Like, so there's a, there's a very specific intimate detail Mm. or, I mean, even better, the end of the book of Job. Where, where God is, you know, storing the, the rain and the snow and he's, you know, he's making all the systems of the world work and yet he's also involved with animals. Yeah. And, you know, these these insignificant creatures, he cares about yeah, all and, of them. And he's doing all that while he's speaking to Job. Yeah. Right, just a human being. It's like, that's incredible. Yeah. Right, so. And so we don't understand that, yeah, how high above the world he is and yet also how involved in all the details of the world he is. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. It's awesome. So can you give us a couple of examples to make this more practical maybe of how God is both imminent and transcendent? Yeah. I would say the first one I thought of was natural revelation, which is just creation, right? God is clearly seen and in some sense the most visible person in creation because he's the one ruling, governing, controlling all things. And because he rules all things, he can be clearly seen in all things, Yeah, if that makes sense. And I think that's what Romans 1, uh, Romans 1 is teaching, verse 20. It says, For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, and in our case, right, his transcendence, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. Hmm. So it's teaching, look, everyone knows God's, God exists because of the creation and sustaining of the world. That the sustaining, the creation and sustaining of this world point to a creator and a sustainer, right? It shows that he's there, that he's actively involved in creation, what yeah. he's made. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah that, uh, scripture does not allow for a God who is detached from the world. Exactly. As we see in so many different, you know, systems of thought where there's, you know, maybe layers of mediation between us and God, mm. or like you said, kind of the, the deism view of God like winds the winds world up, up and walks away, Yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, he's, he's intimately involved with all of it. Or that he's like a part of creation, right? He's mm-hmm. like created himself or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Or even pantheism, right? That he just is the creation, yeah. right? Everything is God. No, no, no. God is above the, and beyond the creation mm-hmm. and yet still involved with every detail of it. Yeah. It's cool. It's, so it, it's it incredible. That resolves that tension that, you know, religions, that the conflict religions have. What, what else shows us the, both the transcendence and the imminence of God? 
I would say Jesus, right? The gospel, the person and work of Jesus Christ, right? He's yeah. called Emmanuel for a reason, God yeah. with us. And I think understanding both the transcendence and the imminence of God in the gospel is what makes the gospel so incredible, right? God is transcendent in character. He's, like I said in the beginning, he's holy, holy, holy. And because of that, he has to enact justice on sin. But instead of giving up, giving us his just wrath, which he has the power and authority to do, he's transcendent, he can do that, right? He enters into creation as a man, becomes Emmanuel, God with us, and he becomes as personal personal as could be by experiencing what we as humans experience, yeah. right? He learns and knows about our weaknesses. He, he experiences suffering. He goes through struggles, and yet he doesn't sin. And he goes to a cross and dies for us so that we can know him and be in relationship with him for all eternity. Yeah. That's, that's the closest you can get, you know? And not this is, even... This is why Christmas is a big deal. This is why we measure the passing of time based upon when Jesus was exactly. incarnated. Yeah, right? it's like, a huge deal. It's, it's, an, it's an incredible thing. And it changes all of reality to yeah. say that God enters into humanity. And of course, Jesus is permanently in, in a human. Right now mm-hmm. he's a glorified human, but he, he took his body back, he resurrected it, and he still has that. And so we have this gulf being bridged between God and man, between yeah. the creator and his creation. It's pretty, it's, I mean. It's incredible. Yeah. And it's like. The fact that he, I mean, he resurrects from the grave, that's transcendent. Only he can do that, right? Mm -hmm. And he ascends to the throne of God. He's literally currently reigning and ruling um, in the most highest place you could ever be, the most transcendent place, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not even just his death, but his resurrection and his ascension. And the fact that he sends the Holy Spirit into our hearts um, when he ascends the throne is like, now he's not God with us, he's God in us, Yeah. (laughs) right? Which is... The most imminent you could be. Yeah, you could possibly that's, a, that's be. unreal. Until the at final day, right? Yeah, we're, exactly. We're glorified and we're, you know, we're seeing God. We're with Him. We don't need light because He's there, right? So His transcendent glory is illuminating everything around us, mm-hmm. and yet we're also present with Him fully, yeah. right? So that is that is the movement of the story of Scripture: mm. is God entering into our condition in order to bring us, in a sense, into His condition to make us new, to glorify us, to make us in every way that we can be like God, to make us like God. So yeah, so everything revolves around these two ideas, God (laughs) transcendent and imminent. imminent. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, maybe someone, uh, I mean, I think we've kind of spoken to this, but maybe someone would say, does this really even matter? Mm -hmm. Like, why do we have to talk about these these aspects of that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it definitely matters. And like when we talk about these kinds of theological terms or doctrines, it can sort of feel like <laughs> just like theological terms, you know, yeah. just kind of like they're big words. Yeah. Foreign, maybe like uh, Brandon and Jonathan are a little pretentious. They're talking about the, all these big things, you know, yeah. kind of unimportant. But yeah, it's like, why would we talk about the transcendence or imminence of God when we could talk about the grace of God or the love of God or the justice of God, you know? Well, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think every person, like I, I said at the beginning, who's listening to this has a viewpoint already. Exactly. They may not know it, but if you're not examining and being critical of your beliefs about God, then you're you're often going to uh, have assumptions that are wrong. Yeah, false. And so view look of at God. scripture and say, okay, what does it what does it say? Mm. Right? Because what ends up happening if God is you know imminent 
but not transcend it. Exactly. As, as he often is in evangelicalism. Yeah. What, what would be the result of that? Yeah, I mean, if God were only imminent but not transcendent, right, he would be a God who's near to us. He'd be someone who can sympathize with us, love us, care, care about us, but he wouldn't be able to care for us, yeah. right? He would be dependent on creation. He wouldn't be able to rule or control creation and work everything out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose, right? Romans yeah. 8. He would not be able to do that incredible promise that he gives us. And instead, like our decisions and everything that happens in the world, we would just have to hope that these things just work out for the best. And, you know, if they don't, God's there to just, you know, tap us on the shoulder. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. he's like a, a doting grandfather. Like he loves us, <laughs> but he just doesn't really have any power to, yeah, he's like to a weak, do anything. Yeah. Weak grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, yeah, he could love us, but okay, cool. We, he's not in control. That's terrible. You know? Yeah. That, yeah. that doesn't do us any good in the long run. Cause we need a God who is so powerful that he's able to, to change the course of history, right? To direct everything that happens. Exactly. And it's like, if God wasn't uh, transcendent, there would be no desire to know him. There'd be no reverence for him, no motivation, right? The fact that God is transcendent, the fact that he is creator, he is sustainer, the one who's reigning and is completely other than any one of us is a, the exact reason why we should want to worship him, hmm. right? We should want to know him because he is not like us yeah. in every way. And without that reality, there's not going to be any desire to seek him. There's not going to be any awe, no fear of him, no sense of worship or praise. He's just going to be like one of us. And I think uh, generally when we as Christians kind of feel bored with the Christian life, when we don't want to go to church or read our Bibles or pray, it's because we're often thinking too little of God, right? We're not understanding that we have the opportunity every single day to be in communion with the only being who transcends all of creation. Yeah. Right. And who's reigning with full of glory and full of power. Mm, and that's awesome. Yeah. Usually when I'm, you know, I'm leading the youth ministry at our church and when I'm talking to a high schooler and they're just like, ah, oh, reading the Bible is boring. You know, like, do you know, like what, the, who this comes from? It's yeah. from like God. Who, What's wrong with you people? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, fr it's from the, like the creator of everything, you know? And I think when we get bored of the Christian life, it's because we forget that reality. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So what if God was only transcendent, but not imminent? So the opposite extreme. Yeah. So if he wasn't imminent, that would be terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. He would rule the world. He'd be able to work all things to his plan, but we would be separated from him. Right. It, we would know he exists. We would understand there's a God, but he'd be unknowable to us, which is what a lot of other religions believe. Right. Like mm -hmm. Islam, he's, you know, they can't know him really, you know, um, there'd be no personal relationship with God, which for us as Christians, that means no joy, no peace, no satisfaction, just being afraid, yeah. <laughs> right? Just no, being no scared. Hope. Yeah, yeah no God hope. doesn't actually love and enter into our reality in some sense to rescue us, mm. then we're always just pursuing someone who's so far out of reach. Yeah, right. exactly. Because if you truly understand God's transcendence, you'll know there's no way you're going to get to him. Exactly. There's no way you're going to you know, persuade him to love you or to enter into a covenant with you or any of those things. <laughs> yeah. And so we're dependent upon God. Yeah. He has imminent. to reach down to us. Yeah. 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 And it's, if we didn't, if he wasn't imminent, our worship would be meaningless. It'd be distant. It'd be dutiful, dutiful, vain. It'd be without any pleasure. Right. It would yeah. just be, Oh, please like, <laughs> let me get on the right side of this God, yeah. which you can never do. 
So yeah. wow. we need both. So yeah, so I don't know if this is a, this is a new concept for for you that are listening. Again, um, let us know your thoughts in the comments if this, if this is helpful for you. But I think this this conception of God, these ideas about God that are so present in Scripture, mm. are so helpful. And seeing that we we need a God who is both, and it's only the Christian God who is able to be truly both. Yeah. Right. So far beyond, so you know, outside of and greater than His creation, and get intimately involved loving and even entering into. And yeah. I, I do think that the Trinity is a key it's component a perfect of picture that, of that, right? Yeah. That you need to have that Trinitarian conception for God to still be transcendent and for him to be imminent. Yeah. He's and to both be with us. Yeah. Other than us, but now with us too. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, great. Well, I hope this was helpful for you and we'll be digging into some more uh, of these, these uh, doctrines of God in the coming weeks.